welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 132 for Saturday the 22nd of December 2018. And this is going to be my review of 2018. This is a pre-recorded podcast. Well, I guess they all are really, but pre-pre-recorded if you want to. Hopefully, I'm now sitting out in the sunshine uh, with beautiful blue skies in in Benidorm for the next uh, three weeks. So uh, these podcast diaries are going to be uh, pre-recorded before I left for Spain. Um, but obviously, because I'm looking back at the year and looking forward to the year, that's absolutely fine. I won't be doing a lot of writing over Christmas anyway. So a couple of bits of news before we head for that review. My two book funnel promos wound up on Monday the 17th. So I was doing the final admin, thanking everybody for taking part, all of that stuff. So when I'm back at my desk, I'll figure out what worked, what didn't, and how to improve on things next time. But generally, you know that I prefer book fuddle promos to, to Insta freebie promos, but I'll, I'll analyze that when I'm out in Spain and then, uh, either decide to host another one again, or I will just join other peoples. Um, to be honest with you, at the time I'm recording this, it hasn't been an awful lot of hassle, um, running the giveaway. It's been absolutely fine. I, I find the interface at book fuddle brilliant and I would recommend that you at least give it a try uh, you don't need, need any kind of technical knowledge at all uh, the things filled up really quickly so again you know I'll let you know how that pans out but um, early indications are it's good but I'll look at the numbers I'll see how many subscribers I got you know I'll do all the kind of counts um, now it's wound up and I'll probably do that in Spain while I'm in Spain, by the way, just to let you know that it will be partially a working holiday because my thriller Who to Trust is based out in Benidorm. It was based on last year's visit to Benidorm. And this year, I, I wasn't going to write a book about it last year, uh, only retrospectively. And I did take some photos, um, but uh, this year I want to take some more uh, detailed photos, uh, knowing that I've now written the book. And I want to record some videos to put on my YouTube channel and on my sort of thriller website um, so I, I can sort of edit those and get those back on the thriller website when I return home but now I know I've written a book <laughs> you know I, I can get just a bit more specific with those videos and I can I can record videos at certain locations and and say oh this is where this happened or you know that's where that happened um, and I just quite like to do that as extra content around my fiction book so it will be partially a working holiday and um, my, my kind of my long-term range plan because I love Spain so much, has always been to return to the resort and, and spend some of winter over there, you know, when I'm, when I kind of retire and the kids have moved on. And, um, so I am, I would like to have a series of books out there at some time. So I will also be mindful of, of what I might do, not necessarily just in Benidorm, but up and down that coastline. I really like that coastline. I might be looking at, at you know, longer term planning a series of novels around that because, um, you know, this is a long way off yet. Um, but when I'm retired, what would be quite nice is to spend your winters out in Spain and write a novel out there. That's, that's That, frankly, is one of my retirement aspirations. You know, go out when it turns cold, November to, to February in Spain, write a novel while I'm out there, enjoy the sunshine. That's my kind of aspirations for retirement. So I am mindful of, of what I might do, locations I might use, and how I might achieve that. But that's a what I call a slow burner. It's a long-term plan, that one. Uh, 
Now, it was really interesting for me to go back into my old documents. All of these, uh, I have outline scripts. They're just bullet points, effectively. Um, uh, things to jog my memory. But each podcast diary has a kind of little script that I work from, just to make sure I remember to say everything. And it was really interesting to find the one from the beginning of, of 2018, um, because I hadn't realized how much it changed. This is why these, this diarying, this kind of journaling exercise is really quite valuable. So um, let me just go through what I intended to achieve in 2018, um, a year ago. So, um, and, and I'd forgotten this because I, I, I made a big pivot halfway through this year, if you remember. Um, so I didn't stick to this plan, even though it's been quite a productive year. So my, I, I meant to write a book called Left for Dead, uh, a 50k thriller in quarter one of 2018. Well, I didn't do that in the end. What I actually wrote was Who to Trust, which was kind of came ready formed, if you want, for my pre-Christmas visit to Benidorm. So Who to Trust is based in Benidorm. It's also based around cryptocurrencies. And those were the two things that were on my mind at that time of year. But I, I kind of got this fully formed story. Left for Dead is still a story I want to write. It's based around an experience I had at the BBC when I was doing a project. I'm just trying to think. We called it The Search. And all the BBC local radio stations uh, linked up to reflect stories in their area where people had just disappeared. Um, they'd gone missing. Uh, you know, with, with no trace, no body found or anything like that. And it was very much, um, trying to revive the, the search for those people, but also talking to their families. And I, I did the, the journalism around that. I did the interviews around that. And I spoke to a, a young woman at the time whose brother had gone missing. And it really made a very strong impact on me, um, about the impact left when somebody just disappears and you don't get a body, you don't get any resolution. Uh, I, I, and so Left for Dead is a book that will get written at some point, I'm sure. Um, but I wasn't ready to write it in quarter one of last year. Hence, I pivoted to one that was fully formed and I was ready to write, which turned out to be Who to Trust. The elements of my 2018 aims, which I completely forgotten, is that I had intended last year to work on Project Bloodhound. Do you remember I was going to talk about writing a 90,000 word book to get a full developmental edit and to try and get my writing and, and a, a plot idea to the point which I could then submit it to Bloodhound Books. And I'd sorted out a, a development editor. I'd sorted all of this out way ahead of time. And so I wrote Who to Trust, and then I worked on what was good to be my project Bloodhound book, which was So Many Lies. And as I was writing that book, I... This is when I had my, do you remember my, not my, my crisis episode, whatever you want to call it, where I'd been doing those, that session for Amazon and I, I just sort of had a sudden crisis of confidence with, with, with everything that I was doing. And I decided that although I think so many lies is a great book, uh, you know, I don't, I wouldn't publish books if I didn't think they were good stories, but there's a difference between being, a, you know, a good story and being the right book to be published by somebody like Bloodhound. And I wrote the book and I thought, you know, all I've done here is I think it's a good story. I, you know, I enjoy it. So I enjoyed the story. I, I wrote it. I know, but I think it's a good story, but it wasn't right for Bloodhound. Uh, that was the thing. I'd really just done more of the same. Uh, I'd written one of my thrillers. Uh, they're action packed. You know, they're fast. They don't mess around. I think they're easy and straightforward reads, but it wasn't right for Bloodhound. So I just, decided that that, you know, I was going to ditch Project Bloodhound. I've got to tell you, actually, since then, 
It's only because I know people who are published with Bloodhound. And I had an experience. It might have been my last year's, um, the first book I had, which was a year ago, wasn't it? It was supposed to be in October 2017. Remember, I think it was that book bub. Certainly one of my book bubs I had. And I was, I was on, I happened to just release that promo on the same day as a local writer who is also published with Bloodhound. And he got to number one in the thriller charts before me in the free thriller charts. And I was number two. And then I used my one, two approach where I always follow up with a free booksy and some other promos because I found that that extra push behind a book bub could just get you where you want to be. Just gives you the extra impetus if you do it a day or two after I found. And whereas this gentleman's book like plummeted, it just disappeared from the, the face of the earth. Mine stayed up there for ages. And, and I was thinking, well, you're published through Bloodhound. You're not getting the same amount of royalties as I am. So you must be making a fraction of what I'm making from this book promo. You, you must be. Um, so that just made me think, hmm, you know, maybe I, maybe even with my poor marketing skills and my mediocre progress, maybe I'm making more money this way. So that had got me thinking. And I have to say that over the year, Although I'd intended to set out to write a book for Bloodhound, I don't. I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't. That isn't really a strong aspiration for me anymore. I, don't, I just. I know it's awful, isn't it? And 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 it might just mean I languish in the very very midweight to low sales um, self publishing pile. But I kind of want to write the books I want to write. I know that's terrible. And I've read. I, I, and I think I am writing to market. But I don't know. Anyhow. I, I, I'm not sure whether that's an aspiration still is what I'm saying. I, 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 I've had a reasonable earnings year this year in that I'm earning on my own, on Amazon alone, virtually, I've earned more than the average author earns. This, whatever this figure is, 10,000, whatever it is that an average author earns. Um, and, and considerably beyond that, if you take in now I'm wide and factor in Apple and Kobo and all the others. And I'm sort of thinking, you know, when I sort of look at other authors, is it, well, you can't be making, if you're taking fewer royalties than me and your book dropped faster than mine, you must be making less out of that promo than I am. And it's, in many ways, it's given me a bit more sort of confidence to say, well, maybe you should just stick at this a bit longer. Don't, you know, don't, don't go to publish with somebody else. Now, part of the reason for publishing through Bloodhound was I, I, I want to be part of a stable of authors you know, who get promoted. So I'm not, I'm not ruling that out. But what happened this year is I didn't write the, the I didn't write the right book to send to Bloodhound. Uh, that, uh, and I think the other thing is, is that if I went to Bloodhound, it wouldn't necessarily be to increase my earnings. It would be very much to be part of, you know, what I think is, is an excellent um, sort of imprint. Uh, uh, I have no doubt about that. They've got some great, excellent authors. Um, and to be part of their stable of authors. That's primarily what I'd be going for, not necessarily the income, though I know they've got some extremely high-income authors as well. Um, so, so that's where we are with that one. I launched a – it's funny to see it now because we, we, we're just about to hit the first-year anniversary, but I launched a 12-week trial of my crypto podcast, Um and, and I've, I put the notes. It's fascinating to read these notes. I came late to a busy field with this podcast. So crypto was already well established. Uh, I want to run a test by coming early. Um, so sorry, with 
the self-publishing podcast, I came late to a busy field, i.e. there's loads of podcasts already. But with crypto, at the time, I didn't think it was well populated, but in actual fact, there were loads of podcasts already well established there. Um, and I wanted to sort of come earlier to a new field with the crypto podcast. And in my notes, I said, I'll either kill it uh, fast or I'll keep it going. And when Alison and I first agreed to do it together, um, it was a 12-week trial. And we've managed to squeeze a year out of the crypto podcast. So I'm kind of quite pleased with that. And I, I hadn't, I couldn't, I'd forgotten that I'd written that. So we've done it for a year. Um, it's been quite a bad year for crypto. It's not been the best year to launch a podcast because nothing really has happened. It's been in the doldrums for years. It wasn't the cleverest time to launch a podcast. But actually, um, if nothing else with the crypto podcast, uh, I've learned a heck of a lot about it in the year. It's been brilliant for my education because we've talked to tax specialists and security specialists and things like that. So if, if, if that's all I get from it, um, i.e. it's a hobby that allowed me to learn about crypto, then it's been very beneficial from that point of view. In my notes, I put that I wasn't quite sure what was happening in quarter three or quarter four. I noted that a uh, second child was leaving for university. The house uh, was empty. Um, and then I said, you know, I might start on a second uh, sci-fi idea. And interestingly, that sci-fi idea, which I said I've got bubbling under, that sci-fi idea, I think, was um, End of Men. So I hadn't realised how long that idea has been chugging around in my head. So I do need to put my money where my mouth is in 2019. And, and, and I, I think at least get a dodgy draft of that written if I can. Or I said I would write another two um, times 50k thrillers. But actually what I ended up doing was ditching Project Bloodhound, was parking so many lies. Um, and that's just literally, you know, as I'm recording this, had its proper edit by me, ready to go to a proper editor to, to pay for it to be edited, uh, you know, professionally. Um, so I did change the end of the year. I, I said at the beginning of the year, I didn't really know how the second part of the year was going to go. As it turned out, I just de I just dedicated it to marketing. I'm very pleased that I did that. I mean, I, I keep coming back to this. You know, I've got enough books now, and I should be able to make money from those books. Um, and, and so in 2019, that's what all the focus is going to be on. But essentially... The money I can make from my books, I'm making more money than I ever have done before. This is, I mean, this is an interesting point that I've made more money this year than I ever have from my books. Yet I've written and released fewer books. Frankly, I haven't released anything this year that has done their thing. The, the books that have made me the money, the books I wrote one, two and three years ago. And there's a lesson in there that when you launch a book, if the launch doesn't go well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at any time. Um, you know, so long as your book's not dated, if, uh, th this is why I don't like nonfiction because it dates so far, certainly the stuff I do. Um, because fiction doesn't date, you just put a new cover on it, give it a new title and re-release it. And that's what I'm looking at doing in 2019 because the money's coming from the trilogies. And, and frankly, in 2018, the money has come from two trilogies. It's come from Don't Tell Meg and it's come from the Grid Trilogy. Those have created the larger part of my earnings this year. Um, and they're old, so they're old books and old books, but they're not new books. And Who to Trust, which is the only book I've launched this year. I hadn't realized I'd just launched one until I, I said it then. Uh, but I've only published one book this year, written two, but published one. And that's done nothing because I did nothing with it because Don't Tell Meg was making me the money. So, you know, it's, it's been really interesting that, that I've had probably my least productive year in terms of publishing books. Yes, I've had my biggest earnings this year. So, you know, there is a lesson in there that it's not just about the writing of the books. It's also about the marketing and the selling of the books. 
And I've always said I'm good at writing the books, but I've got to crack the marketing. That's the thing I've got to crack. So um, it's interesting that I said this, actually, because this was before I had my kind of crisis episode when I, I did that Amazon gig. But I've written here in the notes, this is from a year ago, the bottom line is I can't continue to do things the way I've done them after that seventh thriller. I've written too many books now not to be experiencing, experiencing any level of success. Something has to be wrong. So, you know, that kind of crisis episode, for want of a better word, that, you know, that meltdown episode, um, when I was just questioning everything I was doing, that was brewing for some time. It's interesting to see that it was brewing for some time. Um, and actually it's, you know, it's still there. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. It's not good enough. And, um, so that, that sort of burning desire to crack this, um, continues. It continues, but it was there before the meltdown episode, which I hadn't realized. It was, this has been something that's been bubbling under for some time. I think that sense of dissatisfaction with what I've achieved so far. And again, that isn't completely negative. You know, I, I, I could look at the things and say, I've done 15 books now. I've written 15 books, published 14. I know that's amazing. Sorry. And also that, that doesn't include the nonfiction books that I've now taken off sale. You know, I know that's amazing from a productivity point of view. I know that's a great output. I know many people would kill to be able to produce that many books. All right. But it's not good enough for me. It's not good enough. Um, you know that, um, I'm quite happy to celebrate output. I'm quite ha- happy to celebrate successes along the way, but it's not good enough for me yet. It's not good enough. So I have to keep going at it to try and sort this out. I had a kind of quarter four uh, preview last year, and it's just a couple of things I want to mention about this. It was my it was my preview for, sorry, quarter one, January to March. I just want to comment about a couple of things. Um I made, uh, I said I have a list of on market, sorry, ongoing marketing jobs to do. And because those ongoing marketing jobs didn't really get done when I was writing, that's why I took the last half of the year to stop writing and do the marketing job. So again, it's really interesting for me to see that even a year ago, I was saying, I'm not doing the marketing. I'm not doing the marketing. And what I ended up doing was something quite radical in 2018, which was stop writing and just do the blooming marketing. So I am happy with where I am up to with all the marketing and, you know, sort of sales structure now. I'd also, uh, it's, it, I can't believe the year's gone so fast, but this is it's a year ago that Cueve McDonald um, sent me a note to say uh, what success he was having with personalised monthly emails. I'd, I'd been moaning that email marketing wasn't working particularly well for me. I didn't enjoy doing it. It was a sense of duty. And so in quarter one, from quarter one of last year, I started to write monthly emails. And if you go to the website, if you go to selfpublishingjourneys.com, I now put these as a list so that you can see all of these emails and you could look look and learn if you want to sort of emulate anything I've done there. But I have had the most successful and fulfilling year uh, that I've ever done. This is since I've been internet marketing with email marketing because those monthly emails work brilliantly. And what works even better is when I ask people a question that's related to writing. So the two questions that have gone brilliantly this year were, um, I'm a UK writer. Should I write in UK English or USA English? And the other one was, oh, endings. How should you end a book? Cliffhanger endings, you know, uh, endings with open, with open loops if you want to, or should they have firm closes at the end of books? And they got loads of really great debate going. And that's thanks to this email style. And, and the other thing is I've had far more interactions with my readers as a result of writing emails like that so that's been a big change for me gonna say it again Queeve, thanks for the tip 
that worked really well. And I'm going to continue doing that. And again, you know, I kind of enjoying email marketing again, because I'm only really doing it once a month. And actually that email, I'm actually enjoying thinking about what I can put in that email now, rather than, you know, blimey, better do it in the marketing email. So that's worked, you know, really well for me. I mentioned the 20 books and crime and publishment events, which were the writing events I was going to attend. So 20 books, you know what I think of that. It was a great event in London. Um, so that's fabulous. Um, I have got my ticket and hotel booked for 2019. Um, I'm still not entirely sure I'm going to go in 2019, but but I've got it booked. So, you know, I've booked my kind of apartment for the weekend. Um, I haven't booked it at the university. I've booked it through booking.com. So I can cancel that really late um, if I need to. But I'm still not entirely sure I'm going to go to 20 books. Uh, and, and why? Why might I not go? Only because of the change of the format. If it, if it was a two-day um event i'm only going for the two days on the saturday and sunday um but there are loads of kind of events around it in edinburgh this year and so when we all arrive on the sort of saturday and sunday in many respects you know everybody's going to be off in their in their groups chatting and getting to know each other i'm not interested in the other stuff i only want to do the saturday and sunday stuff so that's that's why i'm sort of thinking about it i'll see how i feel about it near the time probably um as, as to whether i'm going up for those two days and i'll i'll sort of see who's going and see what a networking opportunity it is and all of that um but also in 2018 i went to crime and publishment which was a local event at gretna um thoroughly enjoyed the event uh graham who organized it does a great job um but when i decided at that event and i decided this also at the crime is it crime fest in bristol that i went to i decided that i'm not going to go to um sort of traditional author events anymore um, I'll go there as a writer if, you know, if, I, if I'm ever in that position, but not as a, as a writer, because to me, they're essentially, um, they're, um, the authors are trying to do something that I don't want to do, which is get traditionally published. Um, and also the authors are talking to readers rather than authors. So when I, when I hear authors talk, I want them to talk to me about how they write, um, what tools they use, what podcasts they listen to, you know, where they learn craft. That's what I want to listen to. I don't want to hear them talking about the characters in the books. I'm just not interested in that, and not unless it's an author that I read. So I, I kind of made that decision this year that there's nothing wrong with those events, but they're not for me. They, um, whereas books like 20 Books are and the, um, you know, the self-publishing conference in Leicester, those are the kind of events, uh, writing events that I want to attend because they're packed with people like me who want to do things like me. Uh, so that I've got to prioritize that kind of event. Um, the other thing I said is that I would be prepping for my two year anniversary episode, which is what I did. Uh, we had the two year anniversary episode and the 250th episode in 2018. So for the two year anniversary episode, that's where I got other authors to interview me, which I really enjoyed. We called it the turn the tables um, episode where I got four authors I'd interviewed to interview me. I really enjoyed doing that. I think that worked as an episode. And then on the 250th episode, um, what do we do for that one? Oh, that was the one where I went through all my writing influences. So I've really quite enjoyed doing those um, episodes, to be honest with you. They're, they've just been a lot of fun and they help you just reflect on and kind of review where you're up to with your writing. Finally, in this section, I started to put a, a marketing section on my whiteboard. So you're used to seeing the like quarter one goals, quarter four goals, whatever they are. But uh, on the top section of my whiteboard, it, I hadn't realized I'd been doing this as long as this. I started to write marketing tasks down. So I'd obviously, at the end of 2017, realized that marketing was a big issue for me and that I needed to 
follow this kind of maxim uh, from Robin Sharma that I keep talking to you about, the things that get scheduled are the things that get done. So if you want something to happen, if you want it to get done, then write it down, make a target out of it. So it's interesting to see this because it really took me until I took that six months off to crack these tasks. So I was obviously struggling to get them done while I was writing. But a year ago, these are the marketing tasks that I isolated. I wanted to create a Clixio publishing website um, because this is something I'd heard on Joanna Penn that she'd said that when she has foreign rights queries and things like that, that she finds that even just a basic publishing website makes you look sort of professional. It gives you a way for people to contact you. So I'd listened to that and thought, yeah, I get that. And all my books now, when it says who's the publisher, they're all down as Clixio Publishing now. So I, I wanted to create that basic website. Um, I've got book blurb reviews. That's an interesting one because as I recall this, book blurb reviews has been on my marketing list for this quarter and will be finished by this quarter. Now I have reviewed my blurbs, but I don't think I have, I haven't done a sort of a lock, stock, and barrel review of the, of the blurbs. So as I've republished books or worked on them, I have reviewed the blurbs, but I, I just really wanted to sit down and review all blurbs, but I haven't actually done that. It's taken me till quarter four of this year to finish that. Um, objective number three a year ago was all books to Vellum. Well, you know, that didn't happen until I started to do new books in Vellum, but all books to Vellum, um, I didn't do until the, the last half of the year. Um, I wanted to have all books with 10% book funnel samples. Again, I ended up moving that into my marketing work. Uh, I had a BookBub promo schedule. Well, I, I have continued that throughout the year, but with the BookBub promo schedule, I wasn't doing the sci-fis. I was late. I was too late with the sci-fis. I didn't put the grid in. You know, I was too late with this. I should have been putting those science fiction books in forever. I should have been submitting those. Why, why did I do that? Why, why didn't I do that? I think I didn't do it because I didn't think I'd make my money back. I didn't realize how lucrative they were. But so, you know, let me tell you this as a learning point. Um, you know that I don't believe in standalones in BookBub. Um, if, if somebody sort of tells me how to make that work, um, in a profitable way, then I'll listen. But I, I don't believe I can make that work seeing what my standalones have done. But I can make trilogies work really well for me. So, you know, my suggestion to you is the minute you got three books out, the minute you got a series, Get that in BookBub as soon as you can. Every month, every month, be there asking for a BookBub promo. Um, because with three books, I think it's really difficult not to make your money back. And then um, the other thing that I did uh, in that sort of quarter one marketing list a year ago was made a light monthly email format. And I have continued that now for a year, which I'm very happy about. And thank you, Quee, once again for the suggestion, because that really has kind of really turned around and consolidated what I'm doing with my email marketing. So in terms of achievements in 2018, well, I published Phase 6, which is a sci-fi book, my standalone sci-fi book, but I'd written it in 2017. I wrote and published Who to Trust, and I wrote and did my my edit of So Many Lies. So whereas that doesn't look like very much for me, I know that for, for many people that would be a huge um, writing output. I took six months out for marketing. Um, it feels really funny when you're just doing nothing but writing, you know, for the last however many years it is, uh, constantly got a book on the go. That felt really strange for me. But, you know, this is about marketing. I've seen it so many times. It's not just about the writing. It's, it's really, it, 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 basically you get through gate one when you can write a book. Gate two is marketing and it's a hard gate to get through to get it right. Um, but I, I honestly believe now this is with all the, inverted commas, wisdom that I've accrued since I've been doing it, 
and Chris Fox says this too in his books, that actually the book can be below par. It's about the fourth thing they look at. After the cover, the blurb, what else? The marketing element of it, you know, that's actually what sells the book. When they read the thing, they might think it's a heap of pants, okay? But, but they've bought it at that stage. So writing the book is not the most important thing. It, so it is the most important thing in that you've got nothing to market if you haven't got a book. But actually, um, all you will have is a book on a desk once you've written a book. The marketing is the be all and end all. It determines whether you can sort of survive and make it something that isn't a hobby, uh, whether you can actually make an income from it. So marketing, marketing, marketing is so important. The other achievement, I think, in 2018 is that I earned more than the average author salary this year, well, well more than the average author salary this year. Uh, and I'm not quite sure. The sort of jury's out. I just need the numbers to come in. But I think I, I think I'll earn more, more than that on Amazon, just Amazon alone this year. Uh, but but obviously, I went wide this year and ha- I've had some pretty good times with Apple. Apple's been very good to me this year. Um, well, I, 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 so iBooks, Apple, Barnes & Noble has been very good for me. Um, and... Kobo and uh, Google Play have also been bringing income in for me as well. Um, so uh, I'm you know, quite pleased about that. That feels like a target to have very well beaten the average author salary uh, this year. So in terms of my personal growth, you, know, you keep hearing me say, I am not happy, this isn't good enough, I'm not doing well enough. You keep hearing that. But you know, I'm not so daft as not to notice and to celebrate the fact that that's quite an achievement to be able to beat the average author salary. And remember, these author salaries are made up from J.K. Rowling, Stephen King, and all the authors who are already making a penny or making no income. That's everybody thrown into the same pot. And on my own, without you know, a, without anybody to do this uh, for me, um, I've managed to sort of exceed the income of an average author. And, and a lot of those authors who are earning that income or less will have publishing houses behind them. Um, so... That is an achievement, I know, but Paul, it's still not good enough. Uh, you know, it needs to be much better than that. Um, so, so again, if you look at my trajectory as an author, the income is growing, but it's still not good enough. And so I, I got to keep working at that. And in 2018, the other thing that I noticed on the whiteboard for sort of quarter one in 2018, was I, I put exercise. I'd said to you at that stage, and it just feels like yesterday I was telling you this stuff. But I, I was saying that I wanted to get the exercise habit. I'd let it, I'd, I think I'd been ill in 2017, not really ill, but you know, ill where you think, oh, I'm not going to exercise because uh, I feel too run down to, to exercise. Uh, I, I want to keep everything else going. And then it broke the habit and I'd, I'd had a break from it. And, and I liked, I liked to be exercising and I got the exercise habit back this year. I hadn't realized I'd been, you know, doing it pretty consistently for a year now. So that, that's great to see that. And, and this is why these, uh, you know, reviews and appraisals of your objectives. This is why these are so useful for you as an author, because when at times you feel like you're not making progress, it's only when you look at what you said you were going to do and what you actually did that you can see where the progress and the growth has been made. So that is it for my review of 2018. I hope you found that interesting and useful. Uh, I have a guest coming up on Christmas Eve, can you believe? It's Gary Collins, a non-fiction author and the creator of the Simple Life books. Uh, Gary got in contact with me and heard about me through 
uh, Mark Dawson self-publishing formula. I'm not quite sure who'd be mentioning me <laughs> in there and in what context. But anyhow, Gary reached out to me and said he'd love to be a guest on the podcast. We don't have really enough non-fiction authors, I think, on the podcast. So I, I said, yep, let's have a chat. That's great. You're doing all the right things. Let's find out what you're up to. So that's going to be episode number 133 of Self-Publishing Journeys on Christmas Eve, Monday, the 24th of December, 2018. I will have another podcast diary update for you next Saturday when I'll be giving you a detailed review of quarter four of this year that's October to December 2018 inclusive in the meantime have a great week of writing and of course have a brilliant Christmas however you celebrate it bye-bye for now thanks for listening to Paul's podcast diary make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.